Shall we sing together? Would you stand and sing with us and worship together? Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever, our hope, our strong deliverer. You are the everlasting God, the everlasting God. You do not faint, you won't grow weary. You're the defender. will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord our God. You reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer. You are the Everlasting God, you do not faint, you won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like eagles. You are the everlasting the everlasting God. You do not faint, you won't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up on wings like Good morning, everybody. Please be seated. Welcome to worship, and hello to everyone outside. I hope you're dressed warmly. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, and it's so good that we are here to praise the Lord. Do you want to come to one of our Christmas Eve services? You'll need to make reservations. The times are 4, 5, 6, or 7 p.m., and reservations will close on December the 17th. That's to allow us time to arrange seating. So please be sure and call the office or send Josie an email at josie at hhumc.com. Today and for the next two Sundays, the children will be working on their ornaments for the fundraiser right after worship. And it's usually in the playground, but today it's going to be in the fellowship hall because it's pretty chilly outside and it's wet and nasty over here in the playground. If you have youngsters who would like to help out, feel free to join in. Our communion offering next Sunday will be for the United Methodist Committee on Relief. 
their water, sanitation, and hygiene program. Did you know that there's both a video and an audio-only version of our services available online? The video's great if you want to see Pastor Jim when he gives the sermon. The audio version is great if you like to listen while you're on the move, you know, doing your walking exercises or whatever. And it usually includes more than just the sermon. Both are posted on our Facebook page each Sunday, or the link can be found on our website. That's all I have for announcements, so let us welcome the light of Christ. Today's first Advent reading comes from Isaiah 60, verses 2 through 3. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and the gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to the light, and the kings to the brightness of thy rising. We light this candle as a symbol of Christ our hope. May the light be sent from God, shine in the darkness, to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel. The first scripture reading today comes from Isaiah, chapter 64, verses 1 through 9. Oh, that you would rip open the heavens and descend, make the mountains shudder at your presence, as when a forest catches fire, as when a fire makes a pot to boil, to shock your enemies into facing you, make the nations shake in their boots. You did terrible things we never expected, descended and made the mountains shudder at your presence. Since before time began, no one has ever imagined, no ear heard, no eye seen, a God like you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who happily do what is right, who keep a good memory of the way you work. But how angry you've been with us. We've sinned and kept at it so long. Is there any hope for us? Can we be saved? We're all sin-infected, sin-contaminated. Our best efforts are grease-stained rags. We dry up like autumn leaves, sin-dried, and we're blown off by the wind. No one prays to you or makes the effort to reach out to you because you've turned away from us, left us to stew in our sins. Still, God, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. All of us are what you made us. Don't be too angry with us, O oh God. Don't keep a permanent account of wrongdoing. 
Keep in mind, please, we are your people, all of us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's join together in an attitude of prayer. Oh, merciful God, we thank you for this week full of blessings, a week to be thankful and grateful. You've made everything wonderful for us, your children, to enjoy. Father, we ask that you guide us with your Holy Spirit so we will be humble and in your service. Teach us to always be thankful and alert. May we always reflect your mercy, your goodness, and your light so we might make your kingdom known to all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
fall morning it is. Morning to all of y'all outside. It's, uh, you know, we had rain. Praise the Lord. That'd be my first rainbow for this morning, real rain. But look at this. Look at this. It's Sunday morning and the sun shining for the folks outside. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Merciful and loving God, we thank you for all that you bless us with. We thank you, again, that we actually set aside a day this week to give you thanks. Lord, we lift up all of those we've named and many who yet remain unnamed. For you know our needs before the words are formed on our tongues. We lift those up who need healing in their bodies, their minds, or their souls. And we thank you for that healing. Lord, we lift up those who are suffering from man-made or natural disasters. Be with them. Comfort them. Lord, we lift up all of those who don't have the the just the basic necessities of life. Show those of us who have been richly blessed how we can share our bounty with them and lift them up that they too might enjoy all of your blessings. Lord, we lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will. We ask, Lord, that you would guide each of us, especially in this season, this season of Advent, when we wait again for your Son to walk among us. Guide us with your Spirit that would show your love and goodness as he did. And now we pray as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right. This morning, we are going to dedicate our pledges. We're going to, this is, this basket is our, our symbol of our pledges. It's a symbol of the bounty that God has provided for us and also a symbol of what we return to the Lord. You know, we are really, we are so blessed. I know I say that a lot, but I say it because I believe it, and I say it because it's true. Regardless of what's going on around us in the world these days, we here are doing okay. Now, God provides for all our needs, and, and as Susan read out of Isaiah earlier, what did it say there? It said, God works for those who wait on him. Wow. Interesting concept. Anyway, just, you know, for those of you who haven't been watching that closely, you know, and I don't, uh, y'all know me, I don't stand up here every week and say, lock the doors until there's more in the collection plate, right? Well, let everybody go home when there's enough in there, you know. That's just not my style. Y'all may be glad of that, right? But we do have to, realistically, the business of the church includes the temporal things too. We like to keep the lights on and all those sorts of things. Well, here's the, here's the good news. The good news is that through October, okay, I know we're nearly through November, but all of you who have to deal with finances, easy for me to say, finances and actuarial type things realize that usually the, the real figures lag. But through October, through October, we had spent 150 bucks and change more than we had taken in. That's not bad, you know. Some of you have probably probably done worse than that in your households, right? In some months, you've probably spent a lot more than 150 dollars more than you've taken in. So, so praise the Lord through 10 months of the year. So, and that's because of all of y'all's faithfulness, you know, and because the Lord does bless that. So in dedicating our, our pledges to the Lord for the coming year, I wanted to shock, shock, read a scripture a little bit. This comes out of Leviticus chapter 27. You know, a lot of times people say, well, where do you get, where do we get these things? And I challenge all of you, I challenge all of you, and I've said this before, and you you may hear me say it again, and you may not. I sincerely don't ever want to, never intend to advocate for anything that's not backed up by Scripture. And I would challenge, and, and the challenge is, if, if any of you ever think that I am, please, please, please tell me. And it's your responsibility, right? We had a baptism. We had a baptism last week, two baptisms last week, praise the Lord, and again, reminded all of us that as baptized believers, we are each responsible to each other to lift each other up and guide each other in truth. 
So, Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. All tithes from the land, whether the seed from the ground or the fruit from the tree, are the Lord's. They are holy to the Lord. If persons wish to redeem any of their tithes, they must add one-fifth to them. All tithes of the herd and flock, every tenth one that passes under the shepherd's staff shall be holy to the Lord. Let no one inquire whether it is good or bad or make substitution for it. If one makes substitution for it, then both it and the substitute shall be holy and cannot be redeemed. These are the commandments that the Lord gave to Moses for the people of Israel on Mount Sinai. So we are, we are blessed. And of course, as we all know, everything belongs to God anyway, but God asks us that we return 10%, you know. Think about it this way. You get... Ten pieces of pie, right? God's only asking for one of them, you know. And if you and if and if you don't get full off a of nine, boy howdy. Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the bounty that you bestow upon each of us. We thank you, Lord, that you are so generous and so merciful and so gracious. Lord, we pledge to give you the gifts that are needed to support your ministry. And we ask that you guide us that we use these gifts in a wise way that would show the world your love, your truth, and your goodness. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how many of you remember that red Slovine song, Slovine song of If Jesus Came to Your House? Are you all familiar with that tune? It's a great tune. If you've never, if you've never heard it, when you, get, when you get home, don't do it now. I know most of you have your phones, and you could do that. And the, and the Wi-Fi works well in here. Don't do it now, but go to YouTube and look up Red Sovine, S-O-V-I-N-E, and if Jesus came to your house. But uh, it's a great song. And he says in there, if Jesus came to your house, what would you do? He elaborates quite a bit, but basically says, would you keep on doing all the things you're doing? And would you be glad that Jesus showed up at the front door? Well, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about today is, we could say, this is New Year's Day, right? Today is Advent. Today is, we, we, we lit the first Advent candle. We are waiting for the Lord. We're waiting for the Lord. The period of Advent, of course, is the period immediately before Christmas. Christmas doesn't technically get here until Christmas Eve after midnight. That's, uh, that's when Christmas arrives. 
So in Advent, we're waiting for the Lord. Well, in the church calendar, in the church year, the year begins with Advent, and it ends with Christ the King Sunday. And last Sunday was Christ the King Sunday. So we begin the year with waiting for the baby to be born, and we end the year with the king reigning over everything. And that's the cycle that we go through. Now, also, when we start a new cycle and we start a new church year, we start a new liturgical year, we, we change the readings in the lectionary. Now, today is the first day of year B in the lectionary. Again, the lectionary is really pretty simple. There are three years, A, B, and C. Year A is based around the Gospel of Matthew. Year B is based around the Gospel of Mark. Year C is based around the Gospel of Luke. And John gets slighted, you know. So, and then we start over again with year A. Now, actually, readings from John are in all three of the other liturgical years. They come in particularly at times like Christmas, Easter, and then those other times. So today is the first day of year B, which is Mark's year. So our reading this morning comes from Mark. And in particular, it comes from Mark chapter 13, which is about waiting on the Lord, which is what we are doing right now, both in Advent and also in that we are waiting for Jesus to come back, as he said he would. Our scripture reading comes from Mark chapter 13, verses 30, 24 through 37. Consider the word of the Lord. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds and the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware. Keep alert. 
for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. What I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Merciful and loving God, God who gives us all good gifts, God who gives us the gifts of work and family and everything, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today's lectionary reading starts with the 24th chapter, the 24th verse of chapter 13. Now, chapter 13 deals primarily, primarily with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, which is an interesting thing for us to think about in itself. But it doesn't just deal with the destruction of the temple. It also, as the verses I just read showed, talks about Jesus' returning to the earth. Jesus is coming back. You know, and this is one of those things, this is one of those things where, talk about hot and cold, right? Some folks just say, well, you know what? I'm not sure Jesus is ever going to come back. It's been this long, and they've just sort of written it off. And then the other end of the spectrum, there are, there are people that you run into that think, well, you know, Jesus is probably coming back tomorrow. And he might be. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. He, he, he well might come back tomorrow. Might come back this afternoon for all I know. But that seems to be... I guess those are a couple of theological polarities. One in, at one end of the spectrum, you have people almost thinking that the return of Jesus is really just something that Jesus was talking about and maybe didn't really mean. And at the other end of the spectrum, it's like everything that you see or notice has to do with the returning of Jesus. Jesus told us, in this passage, really what we should do while we were waiting, right? While we were waiting. And that's, and that's the main thing, we're waiting. He said he was coming back, and he said what? Heaven and earth might pass away, but his words wouldn't pass away, okay? So Jesus will return one day, okay? Moreover, moreover, even if it's before Jesus' ultimate return at the end of time, Jesus is, Jesus is going to return for
for each and every one of us one of these days, right? Your, uh, I, I, your day is coming. All of our days are coming, right? And none of us know when that is. So it seems to me the proper way to look at Jesus' return is to just live in such a way as sort of like I said when I alluded to the, the song at the first there, live in such a way so that if Jesus came to your house, it'd be okay, okay? It'd be better than okay. It would be what you were expecting, and you would be ready to meet him with open arms because he's ready to meet you with open arms. But how do we wait? How do we wait for the Lord, you know? The Lord who, again, the Lord who works for those who wait for him, right? Who wait on him. Well, I think G Jesus told us in this passage, the first thing we do to wait is we work. We work. He, he, he said, you know, he said the master of the house goes off and he gave his servants work to do, things to do. Now, in addition to the work that Jesus gave us, and if we use Jesus' words in the Gospel of Mark, since we're in Mark this, this year, and I'll try, to stay, I'll try to stay in Mark most of the time this morning, in Mark chapter 16. By the way, Mark is the, Mark is the shortest of the four Gospels, Okay. It's the shortest one. There's only 16 chapters. So now that all of you are through with Matthew, you can read Mark, right? And Mark really is, is the shortest. In the last chapter of Mark, chapter 16, Jesus says we're supposed to do what? We're supposed to go out and preach the good news, the gospel, to all creation, to all creation. That's, those are the, the way that that's the way that Mark records Jesus' words. So that's our work. But the other thing is, that, that's the work for all of us all the time. But we all also have other things we do. And the, the task for a Christian, I believe, is, is to carry out those duties, whatever they are whether you are an accountant or a school teacher or a doctor or a truck driver or whatever it is that you do, you do that the way Jesus would do it if he were the one doing it. That's what we're, that's what we're all supposed to do. Jesus did what Jesus did. He fulfilled his role here, and when he was on the cross said, it is finished. Now, none of us has the vocation of doing exactly what Jesus did, but we can do the things that we have to do in the same way that he would do them if he were us. So we've all got our work to do. And again, our primary work is, it's sort, of like, it's sort of like Jesus said, speaking of Jesus' words, his words that won't fade away, when he healed the Gerasene demoniac in Mark chapter 5, remember what he told him? 
the demoniac, after he was healed, wanted to go with Jesus, right? He wanted to go with Jesus. And what did Jesus tell him? He says, no, 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 no. He says, you can't go with me. You can't go with me. You need to go home, go back to your friends, and tell them what the Lord has done for you and how the Lord has shown mercy to you. That's what you're supposed to do. And that's what we're all supposed to do too. That's part of our work while we're waiting, while we're waiting on the Lord. That's, 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 that's part of it. So we're to wait, we're to work, and we're to watch. We're to watch. Now, what does Jesus mean when he says watch? One, he means to be prepared, to be prepared for his return. But another one I truly believe he means is be careful. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by all the things that are around you. There are many things that can lead us astray. And if we're not watching the proper thing, if we're not keeping our eyes on the Lord, it's easy to go astray. Like he told the Sadducees back there, he said, he says, what? He said, you are deceived. You are deceived because you don't know the Scriptures and you don't know the power of God. That's what he told them. Those are some of Jesus' words, okay? So watch and be careful. Be careful where you're putting your energy and what you're doing. So we're waiting, and as we wait, we work and we watch. And then on this first day of Advent, this first Sunday of Advent, while we're waiting again to commemorate the incarnation of God, when Jesus came and was, was born and left there and in the manger, while we're waiting on that, I just want us to remember a few of Jesus' other words, words that don't pass away, that even though heaven and earth are going to be created new, Jesus' words don't pass away. The first words recorded of Jesus's in Mark's gospel, and again, we're in Mark's gospel this year, so we'll get familiar with it, are what? He said, the time is fulfilled. There's a, there, there's a you, know, you know, we've talked about this before. There's a good place. If you, when you read that in Mark chapter 1, the word for time there is kairos, kairos. That's where you... That, 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 that's one of the places in the Scripture that you see kairos, okay, as opposed to chronos, right, which you wear on your wristwatch or you look at on your phone or on the back wall back there or wherever it may be. Jesus said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is near. Mark, as, a, as opposed to Matthew, Matthew generally, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven in Matthew, Jesus usually says the kingdom of heaven. In Mark, 
most of the time, the phrase that Mark uses for Jesus saying that is the kingdom of God. And there in chapter 1, Jesus says, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Believe the good news. And that's the kicker, isn't it? Isn't that the kicker? Isn't that the kicker in doing whatever we do as if Jesus would do it? Or not letting circumstances control how we see things and our thankfulness? The kicker is believing the good news. And again, it's so simple. It's so simple. How do you know what you believe? You just look at what you do. That's it. It's not complicated. We don't have to, we, we don't have to spend hours in a psychiatrist's office or, or, or someplace else analyzing things. We do what we believe. Pretty simple. It's pretty simple. So Jesus says, repent and believe the good news. Another word of Jesus is that I want us to remember that will never pass away. It's what he told. Y'all remember, remember when they, they lowered the, the, the guy on the stretcher down in front of Jesus in the house? They tore the roof out and lowered the guy down. Jesus said to him, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Wow. Remember that. Your sins are forgiven. And then I'll close with this, you know. Jesus said that everything is possible with God, and everything is possible if you just believe, if you just believe. So Jesus, who liked to quote Isaiah a lot, and I believe he was actually quoting him here in uh, Mark chapter 13. I'll finish it this way with what Isaiah said in chapter 40, verse 8. Isaiah put it this way. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God endures forever. Amen. Now go in peace. And as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.